For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hello, and welcome to Wikipolitiki, a show designed to bring right and left front and center, to turn the funk into function, and leave the junk at the junction. At a time when so much political discourse is heat without light, Wikipolitiki shines the light of love and truth on the endarkened corridors of power and then brings leading solutionaries into conversation to light the way forward together. Your host is Steve Behrman, author, comedian, and political and spiritual uncommentator. You might know Steve as his cosmic comic alter ego, Swami Beyondananda, or as the author of a more serious book with cellular biologist Bruce Lipton, Spontaneous Evolution. If you recognize that crisis precipitates evolution, and judging by the current crises, the chances of precipitation are 100%, this show is for you. Welcome to the Evolutionary Upwising. Now, here is your host, Steve Behrman. Well, hi there, and welcome to Wikipolitiki, Conversations for Co-Creation, where we shed light on the darkened corridors of power and shine a light ahead of us to where evolution is leading. The purpose of Wikipolitiki is to bring left and right, front and center, to face the music and dance together. In other words, to address real problems instead of defending positions. Well, in the wake of the most contentious presidential election of our lifetime, there has indeed been an awakening. There's been a subtle and yet world-changing shift toward what we are calling political climate change, warmer hearts and cooler heads. Even in selecting Biden over Trump, there was an affirmation of the politics of connection and collaboration over the politics of domination and separation. Now, the politics of unity, we can't pretend that we all agree, but instead it involves finding ways to turn dueling dualities of progressive and conservative thought into dynamic duo dance partners that cooperate. In November, we interviewed on Wikipolitiki transpartisan visionary and activist Mark Gerson about a new movie, uh, which was set to come out. In fact, it is out right now. A documentary based on his book, The Reunited States of America, How to Bridge the Partisan Divide. Well, Mark served as a consulting producer, and he also appears in the film. It's directed by Ben Recchi and produced by Raj Krishna. It features Stephen Olakara of the Millennial Action Project, Greg Orman, an independent politician who ran for governor of Kansas in 2018, and David and Aaron Liverton, who took a road trip to all 50 states with their three little girls in an RV in an effort to understand why our nation was hurting so much. Um, the documentary was also co-produced by Van Jones and Megan McCain, a Democrat and a Republican, and the film was well-received both at the Cinequest Film Festival and the Atlanta DocuFest and the United Nations Association Film Festival. It was released last month, and we have a link on our Wikipolitiki page, both for this uh, 
for the uh, movie and also for the red carpet, blue carpet event, which is a, a free live stream. And we are very happy to have the producer of that film, Raj Krishna, as our guest today. Raj is a founder of California Studios, a Silicon Valley-based development company focused on producing content, exploring international stories and social justice issues. He sold his first short film, My Friend, Mick, to Shorts TV in 2019. His India-based film, Knock, 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 was sold to Mubi in 2020. His directorial debut film, Padma View. <laughs> Padma Vyuha premiered as the opening night gala film at the International Indian Film Festival in Toronto in August of 2020. And of course, he has his documentary project that we're talking about here today, The Reunited States of America. Welcome, Raj. Steve, thank you so much for having me. Yes. Well, you know, my wife Trudy and I have watched uh, the documentary. We also watched the um, live stream the other night. We were so moved by it as we saw how in the right conditions, people from different sides can open their hearts and open their minds. So Raj, what precipitated this film and your involvement in it? Yeah, Steve, it's, um, it's, a, it's a really interesting question for me personally, because uh, my whole life, you know, I was born and raised in New York. I went to UCLA and my whole life, I was kind of more involved in business and tech and after college, I graduated in 09. After college, I kind of spent 10 years building tech companies and working in different tech companies. But it was in the 2016 election where I started to kind of realize, hey, there's these, there's these forces that are playing out. And it, it, I mean, it politicized our entire generation, I think, and it definitely politicized me. And, and I started to think about how can I get more involved? How can I try to help bring the country together in a very divided time in a time where, where people that I knew stopped talking to each other. And, and there were people whose points of view I didn't really quite understand and that seemed quite foreign and alien to me. So that was kind of one combination of forces that, that led me down this path. And then the other combination of forces was I'd always had a creative inkling. I'd always known that I wanted to do something in films. Even when I was back at UCLA and I majored in, in economics, I did spend some time shadowing film classes and learning, learning screenwriting and some of these kinds of things. So it was a combination of a desire to explore the creative arts as well as a desire to help bring the country together and understand different Americans and their point of view. Um, that was a perfect marriage that resulted in this film. So Ben Reiki, who's the director, and I had kind of kept in touch. He, he directed a film called The Ashram a few years ago, which he made in India. And then he directed another film called Watchlist, which explores the drug trade in the Philippines. So he and I had kind of kept in touch. And Right as I was starting to kind of dabble in films, I'd produced a couple of short films. Uh, ben and I started to talk, and Ben was like, look, I've been in touch with this person named Mark Gerzon. He wrote this book called The United States, and he's, he's a leading authority in this kind of bipartisan reconciliation, this kind of civic engagement space, and we're making a movie together, and it's, it's a movie inspired by Mark's book, and, and are you interested in being involved? And for me, it was kind of a, a really beautiful opportunity because – it was something where I was able to get involved. I was able to contribute financially, creatively, and I was able to be involved from a very early stage all the way to the release of the film. So for me, it was really an end-to-end -end case study, almost film school almost, in terms of what it takes to, to, to produce a feature documentary, to release a feature documentary. We went through all kinds of bumps and hurdles along the way. Um, and towards the end, you know, we, we, we came out on top in the sense that we were able to 
get some pretty prominent folks across the aisle, Van Jones and, Men, and Megan McCain. We were able to have an award-winning festival circuit run. We were able to get picked up for distribution and be released across all these major platforms. And just last Friday on CNN, you know, they were talking about the film and they were talking about the film on The View of the Week before that. It's just been ex- extremely gratifying. But uh, coming back to the, to the kernel of your question, um, what precipitated the film and my involvement in it, 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 it really was just a desire to understand my fellow Americans and, uh, and a desire to be involved in the creative arts and see, is there some way to use the media narrative to try to change in hearts, the hearts and minds of the people of this country to try to bring it together? I think it's a very good sign that CNN picked up on it and, and the mainstream media is uh, perhaps ready to handle this, having spent so much time and energy uh, in uh, feeding the, the polarization and the misunderstanding. So uh, I read somewhere that about 75 percent of the people in this country really would prefer working together uh, rather than fighting one another. And I think that um, that this film offers uh, a really good window into how that uh, how that takes place how long did it take from the time of uh, the time that you and uh, uh, first became involved with the with the film to to the final uh, release how long has that been for me it's been about two years ben was working on the film probably for about six to twelve months prior to me coming on so but for me it's been two years and when i first got involved it was it was in the. It was kind of at the start of production. We were doing a lot of film shoots. I think we we ended up shooting in more than two dozen U.S. cities with just different characters around around the country. Um, so yeah, we when I first came on, you know, we 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 shot for about probably nine to twelve months after that, and then we started mm-hmm. to wrap up the film. We we kind of cut and edited the film. We had an early cut of the film early last year in um, in 2020. And it, it, it was kind of getting, it, it was getting a, a good response in the film festival circuit, but it wasn't like a, an overwhelmingly positive response. So, this, so then what we did was we kind of went back to the drawing board and Ben actually opened up the film and he, and, he, and he recut the film. And the second cut of the film, which focuses a lot more on these four characters' journeys, these four everyday Americans' journeys, that really resonated a lot more strongly with everybody. And, and, and after we had this new cut, it kind of started getting into festivals left and right and started winning awards and really started attracting a lot of attention. So that was the kind of journey of last year was we, 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 we had an early version of the film and then um, it kind of got a lukewarm response and then we kind of went back to the drawing board. And it was really from like July onwards of last year where it's been on this upward trajectory of just winning awards and um, securing its release. Yeah, well, you anticipated my, my next question, which was, the purpose of the film when you started out and then how that, that purpose or focus uh, changed. So do you want to say any more about that, about you know, how uh, the thing that most excited you about the project when you first heard about it, and then uh, how, say more about how the focus changed. Uh, Certainly, yeah. So I think, I think that the focus, or rather the purpose of the film, when I, when I, when I first set out, um, was always for me, understand, explore, and enlighten others on just what are everyday Americans doing to try to bridge this divide. So for me, it was, it was, that was the purpose. I wanted to learn, I wanted to document, I wanted to capture, and I wanted to share. So from that point of view, the purpose has been pretty consistent throughout, which is to kind of tell this story of everyday Americans in a way that we can inspire and uplift and show others that there is 
a more civil way of just listening and hearing. So the purpose has been the same. However, the approach has changed slightly. So just like just now how I mentioned that we had a we had a kind of an early rough cut of the film in the initial cut of the film we had these four stories but then we probably also had like these eight or nine experts you know people like like university professors and just other other very very knowledgeable luminaries in this field of bipartisan reconciliation bridge building civic engagement whatever you want to call it and we had these experts kind of peppered throughout the film and and while the film was good and it was engaging, I think because of the fact that you have these four very emotional stories kind of layered layered in with more of an academic analysis of, hey, look, you know, this is how liberals and conservatives think differently from a scientific point of view, or look, you know, here's how media is being used and more of a kind of a media-centric three or four minutes on how the media is being used to divide us. Uh, we found that that kind of slowed the story down a little bit and it made it less emotionally gripping. So what we did was we, we, we took these academic segments out and these academic segments now are, are a standalone series called Everyday Heroes, where it's more, more about these luminaries or experts in their fields as opposed to everyday Americans. So the approach changed, right? The purpose is always the same, which is how do, we, how do we bring these stories to the American people? How do we bring this message of reconciliation and reaching across the aisle to the American people. But the approach changed and the approach went from kind of like this all encompassing, let's, let's focus on everyday Americans and these experts to just let's focus on the, the, these everyday Americans. Because at the end of the day, it's a movie, right? And, and I think like a movie needs to be gripping, a movie needs to be emotional, I think, to have its most impact. So that's where I think the approach changed to, to deliver that message and fulfill that purpose, albeit through a more emotional vehicle. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of documentaries about the past where they've had, uh, you know, actors simulate things uh, that went on, but you had real people. And that's really what everybody is, is interested in. What I also love about the movie, and of course, now you can do this, is that the movie becomes a living and ongoing thing because you've created an online community. As you mentioned, you have um, the, this, this background information for those who want to explore uh, on, on the website. So just for a minute, tell us a little bit about, about the, uh, about the website and, uh, when, you know, how people can become involved in this a little more. Certainly. So the website with the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was a pretty big project that we undertook after we realized that there are, there are a lot of organizations, in fact, more than 100 more than 300 actually bridge building organizations that all have different websites and different resources and different kind of toolkits. But there was no one clean, easy 
website that I could visit or any of us could visit that kind of summarized what the problem is and also kind of helped visualize and provide tools for depolarization. So we wanted the Reunited States website, which is available at www.reunitedstates.tv, we wanted it to be that kind of ultimate resource for people to be able to understand why bridge the divide and understand what are the kind of different ways to bridge the divide. How do you, how do you depolarize within yourself, for example, by examining your internal biases? Or how do you depolarize amongst friends and family by having conversations? Or how do you depolarize in your communities? So the website actually is built with this kind of animations workflow, where as you scroll through the website, it kind of takes you on this storytelling journey and you're able to see all the different ways one can depolarize and you can kind of click and you can see um, different ways of depolarization based off of what, what part of the journey that you're in. And, and at the end of the journey, you can actually kind of hit continue and you can, um, you can basically kind of print out some of these different tools and tips. And, and there's even this nice little congratulations page that kind of flashes uh, after you've kind of completed the journey. So it's a really kind of gamified, interactive, animatics type of an experience. And, and the response has been tremendous. I mean, when, when Van Jones saw the website, he was just blown away. He was like, I've never seen this kind of all-encompassing comprehensive resource that summarizes all of the different um, tips and tricks for how, to, for how to actually depolarize, how to actually put these practices um, into play. And we worked very closely with the Braver Angels who have pioneered mm -hmm. a lot of these techniques through their kind of community workshops and through their um, depolarizing kind of workshops that are run by Bill Doherty and his team. So we worked very closely with them. We adopted a lot of the kind of language and techniques. Um, so long story short, the website is, is not only a nice movie website, but it's also a website that serves as kind of like this comprehensive set of resources for educating on how one can actually depolarize. And again, it's available at www.reunitedstates.tv. Yes, yeah. In fact, uh, I did interview Bill Doherty several months ago uh, about Braver Angels, and it was good to see uh, Braver Angels represented as well as Living Room Conversations, which are two really ongoing um, formats for people to uh, to begin to rehumanize one another through, uh, through respectful listening and, uh, and truthful speaking. We're going to take a very short break, and we'll be back shortly with our guest, Raj Krishna, talking about the Reunited States of America documentary and, uh, and website. Back in a minute. Connecting you with the best of the conscious minds in the world. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Om Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Om Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. My name is Victor Furman. Some call me The Voice. I've always been fascinated with human nature, spirituality, science, and the crossroads at which they meet. Join me Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on Ohm Times Radio, and we'll explore these topics and so much more on Destination Unlimited. 
The United States has the highest rate of incarceration in the world. At the Equal Justice Initiative, we believe mass incarceration has to end. There is this presumption of dangerousness and guilt that gets assigned to black and brown people. We have to confront our history of racial injustice and commit to a new era of truth. There's something better waiting for us, something that feels more like freedom. Truth can inspire change. Please learn more at EJI.org. Okay, we're back. We're back with our guest, Raj Krishna, on uh, Wikipolitiki. We're talking about the documentary film, The Reunited States of America. Now, something else that I found very interesting about the film is that three South Asians, uh, yourself, uh, Ben Reki and uh, Nisha Anand, have had key roles in this production. So I'm just curious as to, uh, is there any particular significance for that? <laughs> well, I think it was it was it was it was more of a happy coincidence. I think. I mean, Ben is um, Ben is half Indian, half American. Uh, I myself am a second generation Indian American. Nisha um, is is similar in that sense, and of, of course, one of the actual characters in the film too, Stephen Alakara, who is the founder and CEO of the Millennial Action Project. He's also an Indian American as well. So yeah, I think I think that was that was a happy coincidence. I think we. Both, both Ben and I feel, feel like, you know, we have kind of one foot in both worlds, you know, India and America, but we do very mm-hmm. much consider ourselves to be Americans and, and we were born and raised here. So I think there's always been a strong desire um, to explore what that means. I mean, it, especially for me personally, this was one of the main motivating forces for me, even going into films in the first place, for me to kind of explore my cultural heritage and for me to explore what it means to be American and what it means to be in Indian in parallel to producing this film, I wrote and directed my first short film called Padma view. Padma view is the, um, it's in, in the Mahabharata, the ancient Hindu text. And Padma view is actually a, a military formation where the uh, military forces can surround an opponent and basically lock them inside a maze. And I, and I, I'd always wanted to just explore this, the, my own cultural heritage on the Indian side. So I wrote and directed what is essentially a, a, a dark murder mystery with that's rooted in Hinduism. It's kind of like Zodiac meets Hinduism. So that was my way of exploring what it means to be Indian and, and some of my own kind of cultural heritage and religion. And then this film was my way of exploring what it means to be American and, and what are some other kind of current forces that are, that are playing out. But yeah, I think it was, it was an absolute honor and pleasure to work with Ben, to work with Nisha. I think, you know, again, as second generation Indian Americans, we, 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 we find ourselves wanting to explore, you know, what is this country? And, and I do feel welcome here. I, I, I do feel like it's home. But then, but then when 2016 hit, especially when there was talk of a, of a Muslim ban, I'm not Muslim myself, but I have a lot of Muslim friends. And furthermore, and, 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 and in my mind, one of the most kind of disturbing things about that statement was if from, from, from an outsider's perspective, what is the difference between me and a Muslim? nothing right because we all have brown skin so that to me i mean in in addition to the to the to the horrifying kind of nature of the idea behind muslim ban that aside there was a very practical fear in my mind of well what does this mean does this mean i'm going to get harassed when i'm in the streets because you can't really tell if i'm muslim or not right i'm of course i'm a hindu i'm I'm an indian but you know you don't know that right so that i started to for the first time feel very disturbed about just the discourse 
unfolding in American politics and some of the some of the verbiage and some of the vitriol. So yeah, I think I think it's these kinds of things where perhaps you know if you're a second generation immigrant or if you if you kind of look or maybe feel like a little bit of an outsider, perhaps some of these forces kind of led us down this journey of making this film to to try to rediscover what it means to be American and to live in the United States. You know, one of the things I'm I'm sure that some of your talking heads uh, that you now have on the website uh, made made this point, but. Uh, there's a difference in how people respond and react, depending on whether they're uh, being uh, pressured by uh, by fear uh, and misunderstanding and anger. And then what happens when people uh, are made to feel safe? And um, there is a very poignant moment in the movie, perhaps the most poignant, uh, where, where the family, the Leverton family, are traveling. And I forget, I think it was Oklahoma where they landed their first spot that they landed after leaving Texas. And they get into a conversation with an African-American woman. And in the conversation, she discloses, the woman discloses that um, she lost her first baby because of, uh, you know, she was waiting in the emergency room and she was very low priority uh, as a, as a single unwed uh, black woman and that baby died uh, in, in, in childbirth. And the uh, connection that was made uh, between her and, and, the, uh, and the people who were traveling was, was quite amazing. And you could see how these structures of the mind, how these belief systems, how these prejudices, how these walls come down when people connect uh, with one another. So I, I, I found that family, the Leverton family, quite fascinating. And I'm, I'm curious, how did, um, how did uh, either uh, Ben or, or, or Mark Gerson or somebody find them? And then tell me more about how those people got involved. Certainly. So when Ben, when Ben first kind of had, had an inkling that he wanted to make this movie was when he first met Susan Bro. So he was, mm-hmm. I think he was, he was at a conference and he, and he heard her speak. And this is a woman who's one of the main characters in the film. This is a woman yes. who lost her child. Her daughter was killed when a, when a white supremacist drove his car into a group of counter-protesters in Charlottesville in 2017. And here she was talking on stage about peace and reconciliation and healing and unity and using this terrible moment as a way to try to bridge the divide. So he was very touched by what she said. And he went up to her and he talked to her and he was kind of like, look, I'd love to tell your story. And, and she was actually a little skeptical at first. She said, well, why should I trust you? Everybody wants to, everybody, everybody from CNN to every major news station had already talked to her. And all they wanted was just to kind of, for her to go on TV and cry about losing her daughter. Right. Cause it gets eyeballs. And she said, how are you any different from these people? And Ben said, look, I want to tell your story. I want to, I, I literally want to tell the story of your life and, and, and what you're doing and the message that you're trying to bring to the masses right now. So that was the kind of start of it. And then when Ben started to brainstorm and think about possible titles for the film, the title, the reunited States really just, just felt right for him. So he thought, okay, this is too good to be true. I'm sure the reunited States is taken. So he Googled the title of the film and lo and behold, he, he discovered that it was a book written by Mark Gerson, who is a, who is a leader in this kind of bipartisan movement. So he reached out to Mark. Um, he brought Mark on board as a consulting producer. Mark's also in the film, of course, and the film is the, the film is inspired by the book. 
And it was Mark actually, because of his more than 25 years in this, in this space, Mark was the one who started to kind of open up these doors because, because we always knew that we would probably want more stories in addition to Susan's story. So when mm-hmm. Ben and Mark kind of sat down, Mark was the one who said, hey, yes, if you want, yes, you have the kind of motherhood and the, and the human loss angle with Susan. If you want more of a kind of conservative, um, faith-based, fact-finding type of an angle, then I know this family it, and, and they're the Levertons and they've been traveling to all 50 states. And if you want the more kind of young versus old or the kind of millennial angle of how young, young lawmakers are addressing this problem, I know Stephen Olakara, he runs a millennial action project. Or if you're looking for the more kind of third force in our politics angle where we, we can maybe talk to a politician who is an independent candidate, someone who's been quite prominent in races against Republicans and Democrats, I know Greg Gorman and we can talk to him. So it was, it was Mark that opened up all these doors in addition to serving kind of as, as the founding board of the, of the message of the film and the journey of the film, the spirit of the film. And obviously he appears in the film also to try to help explain some of these forces. He also served as a conduit into us being able to find all these incredible American stories. Well, you know, he's been at this for a long time. Uh, For those people who don't know Mark, I interviewed him a couple of months ago. He was a pioneer in bringing together even uh, members of Congress from opposing parties and put together a retreat more than 20 years ago to bring these people together to learn to listen uh, uh, and speak respectfully to one another. So he's been at it for a long time. And in a certain regard, this seems to be an idea whose time has come now more than ever. Um, so, so in terms of the, of the Leverton family, so they were already... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On their journey, they were already on their trip uh, looking for America, so to speak. And then the film, the film crew picked up with them. Yes, that's right. So they were already kind of on that journey. They, they, they were doing a lot of their own filming and they also were working with kind of a different team that was picking up some of the footage. But what ended up happening was when we came on board, we kind of took over from that point onwards and we were able to kind of help, help see it through. So it was a combination of them kind of doing things a little bit on their own um, Mm -hmm. to us kind of coming in. And once we, once we kind of had this agreement that their story would, would become a part of this larger narrative, then we were able to kind of take over and um, start filming from there. In the process of doing this, uh, what was the single most encouraging thing of that you found or learned uh, in, in this process? Yeah, well, it was, it was, it was a few different things, but, but just to kind of give you some, some of the top ones, 
the first one was just seeing what people are doing, right? Because it's even for me personally, it's so easy to get demoralized and to and to read to read some of the news and be like, oh, you know, the other side is evil. How dare they do this? And it's so easy to become polarized and just to kind of hand wave and and vilify the other, right? But then when you see someone like Susan Bro, who literally lost a child to a white supremacist and yet travels the country trying to meet different people, trying to have these kinds of conversations, trying to literally see the other person's point of view, I think that that for me was was super heartening, right? Because you see you see what these people are doing and the effort that they're taking and then you and then you look back at yourself and you ask yourself, well well what am I really doing, right? So I think that that was the kind of first inspiring thing was just just seeing these stories, right? And and living and breathing them because we were there alongside these people kind of filming what they were doing. So so that was that, that was kind of number one, the first biggest thing. And then the second thing was the response to the film. Like we've had so many people, uh, especially since the movie released wide to the to the entire country on February 9th, it's now available across all the major streaming platforms like Amazon and iTunes. We've had countless people on Twitter um, or people just tell us that, the film just really broke their heart, that, that it opened up their minds, that they were crying. We had a woman post about it saying that she watched it with her millennial children and it brought them closer together. Uh, we had an, uh, another woman kind of say that she, she was crying throughout the film. So just seeing, seeing the response um, that, that the film itself has generated. I mean, like the, the film has won multiple awards at festivals. We've had festival programmers tell us this is an amazing film. We, we, we now have multiple um, backers, everyone from, from the Democracy Fund to the Fetzer Institute to the Einhorn Collaborative to um, there's, there's, there's one that I'm missing, but it's an amazing organization. And they, <laughs> they financially backed the film because they're like, this is, this is an amazing testament to the unity that exists in the country. So just seeing that kind of over, overwhelmingly positive response, that's also been um, quite inspiring and, and, and quite an uplifting outcome to uh, this film. Well, you know, in the light of all the toxicity that's, that's only exaggerated uh, during, the, during the four-year Trump administration, but it was there before and it's still there, uh, where family members don't talk to one another, where lifelong friends have rejected one another, where, where people are canceled and deplatformed and so on, um, I'm thinking that, that one of the great powers of this movie, it showing that um, in a certain regard, you can disagree with people in, in the domain of beliefs, but in the space of the heart where we all really have uh, quite similar aspirations for our, our children and for the world, um, there is a sense of unity. Have you seen, you know, I guess nobody was home for the holidays this year, but have you seen uh, any of these uh, fam- people talk to you about family uh, reconciliations or reconnections as a result of, uh, of the film? We have, we have, we've heard stories about how people have watched um, the film with their loved ones, how the film has um, inspired them actually to reach out to some of their loved ones. Um, Bill, Bill Doherty, who you had on the show, mm-hmm. uh, runs these kinds of um, family. Well, he actually pioneered some of some family counseling techniques where uh, they kind of talk to politically divided families and some of these kind of some of this kind of stuff. So it's th- th- there is there is this movement to try to 
bring families closer together. And, and certainly we've seen that reflected in the feedback where people have both said, yep, this, I watched it with my family and it brought us closer together. Or the more, the more common feedback actually has been this inspired me to reach out to someone um, who, I, who, who I've kind of broken ties with or who I have fractured ties with, but I'm not going to try to reach out and try to bridge the divide a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's really one of the things that makes a difference is that uh, oftentimes, this is not you know, certainly a, a general statement, but oftentimes people who are already isolated in their lives in some way and separated tend to be attracted to um, polarizing um, narratives where there's actually a fairly intense community around it. So, you know, if we want to look at the, the QAnon thing, for example, there's a community of people. You have a whole bunch of people who agree with you, and there's something about uh, about having people who agree with you uh, as kind of a reinforcement and nourishment. So, in a certain regard, we're playing the other, we're playing the other way, that we're, in a way, we're looking to um, wean people off of um, solely focusing on relationships where, with people who reinforce what they already believe and, uh, you know, go outside, uh, outside the comfort zone. Were there, were there moments in the movie where, uh, or in the, in, where you felt here is a breakthrough moment where somebody is moving outside of their comfort zone and their life is going to be changed forever? Certainly, and maybe before I address address that question, I do want to touch on something that you just said, which is the, this kind of idea of people being in their comfort zones and people just kind of consuming information that that only really agrees with them. Because I do think this is a a really really acute problem right now in our society, driven largely by social media um, and mm-hmm. and to a certain degree even the mainstream media, where uh, social media is basically echo chambers. That are mm-hmm. that are that, and within those echo chambers, you're only dealing with, you know, friends and also just these algorithms that are serving you content that are essentially clickbait, right? And yeah. these the, these platforms profit and thrive based off of you clicking on things and serving you information that you're likely to click on. So it it, it ends up being this kind of self reinforcement mechanism where you'll only see the news stories that you want to see that that agree with your political beliefs. Uh, your your the your, the your news feed will be curated to kind of reflect that, um, and and that's what's happening, right? And then and then you also get these kind of more extremist groups like QAnon and the Proud Boys and all these people that use social media to organize. Um, so there's kind of, there's kind of that aspect of it, and then there's the mainstream media aspect of it, which is like all these big news outlets are in some cases incentivized to only kind of provide a very sensationalist, conflict-driven point of view as opposed to covering some of the more uh, reconciliatory aspects of our society. So I think this is this is part of the problem of what's dividing us and what's polarizing us. Now, in terms of seeing some some of these kind of breakthrough moments on on screen, we did see them. You know, like like in like in the climax scene where Susan Bro kind of confronts David Leverton after he kind of ad- has admitted that he was a political operative for the Republican party. Right. And she says, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I hate, I hate what you were doing. And like, it's a really tense moment. Right. She's like, I almost mm-hmm. didn't come here. Right. So they yeah. have that moment and they move past it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's really, uh, you know, that's really significant when, when something like that happens, when people have dedicated uh, li- their lives and, and have a, a great sense of meaning around something and they're confronting somebody who has a different, uh, 
Hope there's a different meaning to that very thing. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to be back very soon with our guest Raj Krishna and talking about uh, the film The Reunited States of America. Free your mind with Ohm Times Radio, IOM FM. Ascending Hearts is no ordinary dating site, but a spiritual dating site with a purpose to link you with your soulmate. We engineer the serendipity so you can trust that you will attune with someone that has the same matching vibration as you. Ascending Hearts, the conscious dating site for the spiritually aware. Try Ascending Hearts for free. AscendingHearts.com More than 24 million Americans have an autoimmune disorder, and that number continues to grow. I'm Sharon Saylor, and I'm one of those 24 million. To put that number in perspective, cancer affects about 9 million and heart disease up to 22 million. That's why I've brought together top experts and those thriving regardless of their diagnosis to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information. Join me, Sharon Saylor, Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio to find out how to live your life uninterrupted. These are the sounds of a dinner. A dinner that almost didn't happen. A dinner now served, thanks to people like you. Due to COVID-19, 17 million more Americans may face hunger. Feeding America is helping our neighbors in need. And if you're able, you can too. Donations are being accepted at feedingamerica.org slash coronavirus. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Feeding America. 200 Food Bank Strong. Okay, we're back with our guest, uh, Raj Krishna. We're talking about the film, The Reunited States of America, bringing people together across the divide, the uncomfortable moments and so on. What were some of the challenges that you faced or the, or the obstacles or, or speed bumps as you um, were, were doing this project? Oh, wow. There were so many, Steve. There were so many. <laughs> it's really hard to make movies. Uh, so let me uh, let me let me see. Where do I begin? Well, first of all, financing, because uh, it's 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 completely 100% independently financed, um, in, in 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 part by me and in part by other kind of private investors. So just kind of figuring out how to how to raise the funding and how to convince people to kind of come on board. And you know, like we 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 didn't have a Hollywood budget. You know, we didn't have millions of dollars. So even though the film is, if you kind of watch the film, you, 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 you don't sit there watching it going, oh, like this is clearly an indie production. It, 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 has that, it has that kind of large scale look and feel. It has that high quality production value. And that's because Ben is such a steady hand and it's because Ben is such a visionary director who's directed, you know, large scale studio films before. But in the case of this film, especially early on, we weren't really able to convince people to come on board. I mean, virtually every single uh, documentary kind of grant foundation turned us down and just the, the, there was a lot of rejection. So there was that aspect of it. And then there was the aspect of it when we first kind of had our first rough cut and we were starting to kind of show it around and people were responding, but, but they weren't, they weren't kind of over the moon or dropping to their knee, knees in tears or anything. So then we opened it back up and that kind of o- opening the film back up and doing the re-edits and kind of, and kind of going through that process added another, you know, three, four, six months to our journey. Um, and then we kind of 
once we had that, that new cut and we, we started to take it out, that's when things got a little easier. That's when we started to kind of see the traction and some of the awards. That's when some of these additional financiers came on board to kind of help, help pad us a little bit in terms of doing the kind of things that we're doing now where we're actually running, for example, a pretty wide-ranging impact campaign where we're, um, where we're holding screenings with, with a lot of different organizations, everyone from the Village Square to, of course, Living Room Conversations to Unify to the Unity Lab. And, you know, we have more than 50 organizations that are kind of scheduling screenings. The, the League of Women Voters, for example, just a lot of different kind of grassroots community organizations, including churches that are actively reaching out to us in some cases. They're saying, hey, we, we heard about this film and want, to, and want to schedule a local screening. Everything from that to the awards to the release of the film. So it's, it's gotten a little bit easier over time, but it was, it, it was tough early on. And, you know, we just in a, in a documentary, you have hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage. So how do you create a really coherent, structured, emotional narrative out of hundreds of hours of footage and distill it down into 82 minutes and make it emotionally gripping, that process took a very, very long time. But uh, we got through it. We got through it. And, and now, now... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now I know when people tell me, hey, look, it takes on average two to three years to make a movie. Now I know what they're talking about. Because it's just, it's such a meticulous process. Even once you have the rough cut, you have to do the color design and the sound design and the sound mix and the music in the film, which is all custom composed. And then you have your rough cut, and then you and then you want to iterate on that rough cut, and it's it's just it's such a multifaceted, multi-staged journey. I mean, probably more than probably more than a hundred people have worked on this film at one point or another. So every movie is very very difficult, um, and then of course this movie it presented unique challenges because of the subject matter and because um, people weren't convinced early on that it would be a good compelling um, film. Now people are convinced because we because we have the finished product in our hands. So. Yeah, it's been, it definitely had its ups and downs, but I think uh, all's well that ends well in the sense that uh, we are doing great right now. We just had our nationwide release last week. The New York Times reviewed the film and, and said that uh, it was filled with hopeful moments. So it's definitely kind of come around. And, and I also think that, it's, that it's, it's dropped at a very important time, right? I mean, you had the insurrection, you, 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 you had the election of Joe Biden. The country is very, very divided right now. So I do think that the film is released in a very um, important moment so that people can kind of look at it and use it hopefully as a way to heal and as a way to kind of recognize that, yes, we do have these problems and yes, they're doing this solution. You know, having been involved in long-term projects like that, uh, there there are always moments where you're you're going, what am I doing? Am I crazy? Uh, Did you have those moments where where you kind of fell below the line and went, I don't know about this. Or did you always have that? I know we're going to do it. I know it's going to be done. We have, I have my eye on the prize and that's all there is to it. How was that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Steve, I I have those, I have those moments every single day. 
literally have those moments every <laughs> single day. But but look for this project. Um, yes, I did have those moments. I think I think there there were moments where where the going got tough. You know, like when we were kind of in the thick of the edit and we weren't really sure uh, how it would turn out. Would it turn out well? So I think. I, I definitely had those moments. Um, I've had I've had those moments on this film. I've had those moments on other films that I've done. There was that there was the other kind of dark Hinduism based thriller that I did last year where I had similar moments. That was my that was my kind of writing and directing debut. So I had a, I was filled with a lot of on on this project I was filled with a lot of uncertainty around some of the financial aspects uh, as well mm-hmm. as some of the distribution aspects. Like, will this movie actually get dis- distribution? Will it actually get out in the world? On the other project, I was filled with um, with a lot of despair and doubt around, am I, you know, is this, is this even going to be a coherent picture? Is it going to, like, are the words going to make sense? Is the story going to make sense? Are people just going to watch it and, and laugh at me? Now, having been through some of those thoughts and kind of coming out the other side, um, I think, you know, it's been a learning experience in that, you know, you just keep going and, and, and you, and you learn to kind of push through those moments of doubt. But to be honest with you, I still have them every day. I still have them every day. I'm working on uh, a new project right now and similar moments of doubt. In fact, there's another documentary that I'm producing called paradise, which, um, which is this beautiful story that takes place on an Island in the Bay of Bengal. It's an Island that has 10,000 Muslims and one Hindu. And, oh. and, the, and, and the documentary crew is following this one Hindu family around, and this one Hindu family is just kind of like living there, and, 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 they, and they love their Muslim neighbors, and their Muslim neighbors love them. But you can imagine some of the political and kind of other forces that are at play in trying to remove them from their home. So it's, it's a beautiful story. But where I was going with this is that production is stuck on that because of COVID. We haven't been mm. able to actually finish, finish shooting. So there, are, you know, every day I have these moments of despair and doubt, and you know, I've I've made a, made a, a reasonable number of investments across um, across many of these films, and yet to really see how how those investments will play out. So from that point of view, like every day is filled with doubt and uncertainty, but that's where I think meditation really helps me. That's where gratitude really helps me. Just being grateful and realizing that like it's a privilege to be able to do this kind of work. It's, it's, it's a real honor to be able to do this kind of work. And, and also just realizing that, you know, w- what else is there to do, right? We have to try, <laughs> we have to do something. We have to do something. So these are some of the things that help me get, help get me through the day. Well, you know, first of all, I am, I'm sure everybody knows who's, who's been involved in creative projects that um, creativity and uncertainty go hand in hand. Uh, because in order to actually find something new, you have to venture into um, unknown territory. And, you know, in retrospect, of course, you can go, well, you know what, we were right. Uh, uh, all of those um, all of those foundations that didn't really see anything in this at the early stages, there's a community of people, as you're discovering, there's a community of people who are saying, my God, where has this been? Thank God this is here. Thank God that there's now a platform that, that I can go to, a community where the focus is on how do we bring people together. Um, so I think that that really this is you're really at just the beginning of this journey in, in a certain regard. Well, I, I, I hope so. I think I agree with you that um, there is this kind of community of people that are going through this journey, and it's been really heartening to see who these people are and to get to know many of them personally. And yes, I think, um, 
what's the thing that uh, I think it might have been Bill Gates said this, or maybe it was someone else, where it's you always you always overestimate what you can do um, in a year, but you always underestimate what you can do in ten years, right? Or whatever the mm-hmm. whatever the general gist is, is which is essentially. Yeah. Like, like things take time, right? And there's the power of compounding and you get to know people and you, and, you, and you accomplish more things and you get to see different things. So for me, it's like year three or four of making movies. So I do think that it's, uh, it's going to be hopefully a much longer journey and I'm, and I'm in it for the long haul. So now you're working on, on this, this one project which you're, uh, you're stuck because you can't do any filming. Um, does that mean that you're that you have more time and focus to put on this, or are there other things? Uh, you know, how do you see the, the next period of time in in your life and where this where this all might go? Yeah, so I'm I'm doing a bunch of different things. I mean, the United States keeps me very very busy. You know, we have a lot of work going on around publicity and PR and releasing and. We're still doing a lot of community screenings and we're kind of negotiating different different contractual rights for the film. So that kind of takes up a big chunk of my time. My other film, uh, Padma View, is still doing the film festival circuit. So it just got accepted into the Garden State Film Festival in New Jersey and Idlewild Film Festival in Southern California. So that film kind of continues to do its rounds and I've been invited to do some talks about that film because it's a very unique kind of neo-noir thriller rooted in Hinduism. So there's nothing that really exists like it. And it also created somewhat of a controversy in the, in the kind of right wing circles in India. Um, So as a result of that, you know, that, that film was kind of continues to get a little bit of attention. Um, And then it's, it's just kind of planning for additional projects. It's planning for additional projects. I also do some work in tech as well. So it's kind of all over the place, but um, you know, I think for me, again, what helps keep me grounded is meditation and just kind of gratitude and just thinking about how it's a privilege to be doing all of these things, to be, to be, to even be able to participate in the movie making process. It's, it, it really is in a very um, meticulous art form. So to be able to work with, with people like Ben, to be able to work with leaders in their space, like Mark Gerzon and Bill Doherty and people like John Gable of all sides who built mm-hmm. the kind of, uh, news platform that aggregates news sources for across the left and the right. So to be able to meet all these people, um, it's a real privilege. You know, what you say about gratitude is so very, very important. Uh, you know, if you think about in Spanish, muchas gracias, grace and gratitude go together. So if you, if you're, um, if you're accentuating the gratitude, you're also cultivating grace. I find that that, that that's really been true. Um, you know, particularly when, when you're confronting, um, difficult, uh, difficult things. And, you know, I'm thinking back to what you said right at the beginning, that what got you started in this whole thing going back uh, five years or so was, you know, not being able to sidestep politics it had being so in your face. So in this five year journey, how would you describe how, how you've changed and perhaps what your, um, what your outlook is now about our, our political condition or political conditioning uh, as, as opposed to before you started this project? Well, let's say that I'm a lot more knowledgeable, first of all, just because I think there was this kind of unknown, this big, big unknown in my mind around who is the other, 
right? I mean, who are <laughs> essentially to be to, to be blunt about it? Who are all these people voting for Trump, and why, right? Like <laughs> like that, like and and to a certain degree, to a certain degree, I'm still a little confounded by that, but. I do know a lot more. I, I, I've read, you know, a lot of books on this subject. I've, I've, I've gone campaigning door to door in a GOP district and met Trump supporters. I've, I've obviously made this movie. So from that point of view, I'm a lot more knowledgeable. That's number one. Number two, I'm, I'm more hopeful uh, because I have seen the, 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 the things that people are doing. I've, I've talked to, to, to Trump supporters who actually had in some cases very reasonable points of view um and you know like the 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 recent election and the kind of direction of the country uh i think is kind of improving so from that point of view i i think there's hope uh but i think the kind of number three here is that the country is still very divided in fact perhaps it is the most divided it's ever been i mean we had that insurrection and after the insurrection happened i really did think that most people, like when I say most, I'm talking about like 90% of people would kind of realize that something terrible has happened. And like, there were these forces that cultivated this terrible thing. And let's like, let's have a conversation about it. You know, let's not continue to propagate misinformation about how the election was stolen. And let's, let's kind of take a step back. But that hasn't happened. I think, I think it's kind of happened for like 60% of the country but there continue to exist kind of large swaths of people that still believe that the election was stolen, that are still living in echo chambers, that, that are still kind of very, very pro certain forces. So, yeah, I think from that point of view, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned. And I guess that is probably a combination of just a deeper knowledge of the situation as well as current political events. But I'm still hopeful. I'm hopeful and I'm slowly starting to get more and more educated about the situation. So that's been the last, uh, that's been the last five years of my kind of political journey, um, just in terms of understanding the space a little bit. Well, you know, you also mentioned earlier the impact of social media. And of course, you've, you've seen the social, uh, the social dilemma uh, documentary. And clearly, uh, there, this has been going on for a while and people, uh, information has been weaponized. And so, what, what you're doing with this project and with your work is you're essentially helping people to disarm, uh, look one another in the eye and in the heart and, and rehumanize and perhaps put some of those differences in the background and put the similar aspirations that so many people have uh, in, in the foreground. So um, I want to thank you so much for being our guest today on Wikipolitiki, and I particularly want to thank you and all of the others involved in making this movie. We got just a small glimpse of what it took to actually take all of this stuff and put it into something not just coherent, but coherent and compelling. I recommend that everybody uh, have a chance to go see this movie, uh, again, on the Wikipolitiki website. Uh, we have a link to the movie and to the free um red and blue carpet event Raj Krishna thank you so much for your work and your play and thanks for being our guest today Steve thank you okay this is Steve Berman we'll be back next week with the Politiki see you then
University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.